What is up, marketing interns? This is the Back Pocket Podcast. You already know that. Before we get to the content of this very episode, we got a role who we're presented by. First presented by Skyline Specs, skylinespecs.com. You've heard the ad before, the handcrafted wooden engraved skylines on the side with polarized lenses that come in very different styles. I mean, you can get them in Butterfly, Revo, uh, Wayfair, Denim, Hennepin. Like, these names are so just fantastic. I mean, Scott Ballard, very creative. Well done. Yeah, Scott Ballard and Robbie Ware, the guys just got it going on at Skyline Specs. You'll see them everywhere. All kinds of celebrities are wearing them now. They just had some uh, Playboy model was wearing them the other day. Shout out to that Playboy model. Good for her. Let's also not forget, you know, these are the brand for the average person. These cheap, these sunglasses come at an affordable price, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking $30. You apply your 15% promo code with the back pocket. That's B-A-C-K-P-O-C-K-E-T. Get yourself a pair of sunglasses. Do the math. It's a good quality pair of sunglasses for a great affordable price. Yeah, I honestly, since I've gotten my first pair, I have not worn any other sunglasses. They are the sunglasses to wear. They look affordable. They are not cheap by any means. They are affordable and high-quality handcrafted. I repeat, handcrafted lenses, engraved, skylines. With a, You can pick your logo. And if you want to go wholesale, reach out to us because we can connect you with the boys from Skyline Specs and get you some sweet deals. Yeah. So go on over and get that going on at skylinespecs.com. Follow, follow them on Instagram at skyline underscore specs. That's S-P-E-C-S. They do giveaways all the time, so be ready for that. Who else are we sponsored by, Duck? We're sponsored by MB Outdoors. Now, you guys might be hearing MB Outdoors, but now you might be hearing Austin Doomer. Austin Doomer is one of the co-founders of MB Outdoors. Started over a little less than a year ago. Austin Doomer was on the podcast, the Marketing Intern Spotlight. He kick-started Marketing Intern Spotlight. What a phenomenal first guest to have on. His story, if you really want to hear the MB Outdoor story, we don't give it justice. Listen to Austin talk about it. Head on over to M- to Marketing in- marketing Spotlight, number one. Yeah, the Marketing Intern Spotlight. Yeah, you know what it it's is. Right. Hey, it's all right. Go ahead I got excited. Yeah, it, it, it is exciting because mm-hmm. he's just got a great story. They have a great startup story, and they have a great why. And you might be saying, hey, what is their why? Well, I'll tell you. You know what? They're a lifestyle apparel brand committing to bringing life to the excursions outdoors, man. They are all about the outdoors and then putting that into comfortable clothes, hats, all kinds of apparel for you guys. It's great. Let's also remember that they put all uh, part of their sales goes to support uh, organizations such as, uh, I forget what the organizations are, but they are supporting the troops and veteran organizations. It's phenomenal. Supporting it to a great cause. Love He loves, Austin loves what he does. Support what he loves to do, man. Go to mboutdoors.com. Use promo code BACKPOCKET again for 15% off. Just go ahead. Skyline Specs, MB Outdoors, two phenomenal sponsors that really know how to support us. It's all about support systems in this life. You need to have the backbone and the people that are there to help you guide to where you want to go. You just need a little encouragement. Sometimes you just need a little boost because life can hit you in the face in many different situations. How are you going to react? Listen to how we react and how Beaver Fleming reacts with this content of Podcast 59, Season 2, Episode 24 of the Back Pocket Podcast. Intro music, go.
Today is July 23rd, and the boys from the back pocket are here on a Sunday. Decky Brown, Decky Send It Sunday. What is up? I'm so stoked. This is one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done. Send It Sunday, number three, man. Sundays are for the boys who send it. I got so ahead of myself that I attributed it to the day of Monday. It's Sunday, the 22nd. Oh, what are we doing? What are we doing? We're, we're, we're sending it forward into the next day when it should be living the present. The today's, the, today's 20, the 22nd. The 22nd. What a phenomenal day. I hope you guys get after and send it full-heartedly because this is our third guest that absolutely sends it, and they deserve a Send It Sunday, and marketing interns follow suit. Let's kickstart this podcast with a July that comes to you late that's going to follow into August saying of the month. Yeah, and you know why we do this? We do it because everything's due on the first or the first of every month. Rent. Car insurance, your phone bill, bill, gas bill, water bill, trash bill. Any other bills? There are plenty of bills. Spotify, Netflix, Uh, Adobe Premiere, Adobe Premiere. Uh, Maybe your student loans. Canva. God. iTunes. Okay. Um, 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 Apple Music. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Um, Chipotle. Monthly fee. Your Delivery Sam's fee. Club, your Sam's, Sam's Club, Club membership. Mm-hmm. Um, there's put it this Costco. way. Costco. Put it this way. There's too many memberships that you guys all get locked into through life. And what we're trying to do is, you know, give you a friendly reminder of what actually matters. Twenty days later. Granted, it's twenty-two days later, but we're still holding to it. We're in the twenties. We're always going to give it to you at an average day. But this saying of the month is, that's not what I heard. That's right. And I'm super stoked about it. It's right behind me on the board. We have a whiteboard now to write down our saying of the month. And um, you know how to utilize this. When someone says something that is just, you know, pretty far-fetched or just not factual, the back pocket is here to give you a saying that will always come through. That's not what I heard. Yeah, it's just not what I heard. When Anytime, like, Alex Jones is just yelling and you're, like, don't know how to, you know, comprehend all of it, and you're just like, what do I do here? You know what? Boom. Not that's not what I heard. Mm-hmm. Or on the flip side, when you're when uh, you're talking and you say something incorrectly, and something happens and someone's like, "Oh, you know, it's actually this," and then you say, "That's not what I heard." You got to stay true to what you said. Stand your ground. Yeah, stay on your ground. Don't be uh, don't be spineless. You yeah. know, stand your ground. And say that's not what I heard. And you know what? Maybe the, that person responds and says, "You must have listened to the back pocket podcast," and, and they must know at that point. So saying in the month, that's not what I heard. But you know what I did here? I did hear the boys from the back pocket upgraded the feng shui. Mm. Which leads us tr- smoothly into the newest addition to this podcast studio. We have now upgraded our table. We have a table. And it's round. That brings so many pros. Mm. What did we talk about last podcast about, um, was it? No, it was the, the one before that. Humility. Yeah, humility, humility engine. Mm-hmm. What was your humility engine, Declan Brown? Two weeks ago, my humility engine was not being able to sit wide-legged. God blessed me with a broad sitting stance. And you know what? I, I couldn't be myself back then. I really just couldn't sit how I wanted to. I had to be narrow. I had to stay locked in. You know, I had to find ways to you know cope with it. Andrew, we went out of our way, man, to get this new table. It's got center-mounted, and I know that means nothing to anyone, but it means something to me because now I can sit broad-legged and deliver this podcast Fluently, I mean, comfortable YouTube, YouTube listeners, look at how comfortable Declan is right now. Feeling great. I mean, he is on cloud nine on this table. I mean, literally, you could do anything with your knees. And also, not worry about it. Let's not let's not forget the fact that this table is sturdy. 
Mm. It is structurally sound. I am an engineer, and this thing's, this thing's rock solid. I like where it's at. A tornado couldn't take this thing off the ground. I'm excited. I can put my, my elbows on the table. You know, not good manners, but maybe my forearms, you know, look very professional. Feeling good. Can we go through the process of buying this table? Yeah. Okay, so uh, I originally was on, like, you know, Ikea and Target going through, like, buying a new table and looking at And I'm like, tables are ridiculously priced. Like, if they are so simple. It doesn't really take that much to make this. It's just a block of wood with some screws that make it hinge. And you can screw some of this centerpiece in the middle. Lo and behold, I'm like, I'm out. I don't even want to buy a table anymore. I'm so mm-hmm. defeated by these prices. I don't have these this kind of fund, this kind of income. Um, but there's other sources out there these days. And you don't have to go to eBay. You don't have to go to Craigslist. You go to your, your handy-dandy, friendly Mark Zuckerberg Facebook marketplace. Where everything that you need is there. And you type in table and you say, I don't want to go more than five miles to get it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want it to be more than, like, what, 60 bucks? Because that's pretty much our reason, re- a reasonable range. And I want it round. And you want it round. So you type in round table and then, boom, look what we have. A, a round, round table, table for 60 bucks. And yeah. how far did you travel? And I traveled, it actually ended up being kind of, it was close, but with construction in the Twin Cities, you know, you never know how long it's going to take, and it took me forever. Moral of the story, though, we got this table, and Declan said 60 bucks. You can bargain. There's no set prices. Oh. Your boy got this bargain down 20 bucks to 40. I'm not going to just settle for 60. Yeah, because the guy was like, so, uh. Here's a lady. Okay, the lady was probably like, yeah, so that'll be 60 bucks, and then you said. Um, excuse me, can we negotiate this price? Close. You said, that's not what I heard. Oh, <laughs> smooth. Yep. And then she just marked it down like that. Yeah. She, simple. Bought, she bought the bait. Plain and simple. Yeah. I mean, she, honestly, anyone that's posting a round table or any sort of like piece of furniture on Facebook Marketplace, they're just trying to get rid of it. Like you're just giving her 40 bucks in her pocket for mm-hmm. her to go spend on whatever, right? I probably got to gotten it lower too, but I was trying to be nice. You know, right. Just... Like they're strictly there to just give it away. Like mm-hmm. a dresser, a table, like a chair set, anything, any of that kind of stuff, a bed. I mean, they're all just get it out of my face. I don't want to see it. I don't care if I sell it for 20 bucks and I yeah. bought it for a thousand, you know? Absolutely right. Well, I think I can say I'm an average bargainer. What else am I average at? Let's hit this average quality segment. We usually start off with this, but we had to, you know, push it off a little bit because there was some serious content that we needed. Yeah, to we get had to. some hot items that we had to take care of, mm-hmm. some precedents. Yeah, and you know, there is this. This average quality is important, and we need to talk about it. And it's we need to uh, identify it because it's an issue. It's an issue. I would say it's something, and it's an area of improvement. Absolutely. Um, we talked about how on uh, Humility Engine how we. Um, have trouble trouble articulating ourselves. Mm-hmm. I can't even articulate the word trouble before I say articulate. It's just it's just a common theme of ours that we are get a little head over heels excited, and we just begin to um, speak too fast, and we don't get our thoughts out as fluently as we want to. That's an average quality. That's a humility engine. What else is a humility engine and an average quality? Our word choice. Mm. What did I say right when I kicked off this segment? I transitioned you to it, and then you said absolutely, and then I giggled a little bit. I don't know if anyone heard that, but it just made me laugh because I know your word choice and some that you say way too much is absolutely. I just have to be more aware. I it's so easy for like Beaver Fleming finishes saying something, and I just was like all in, bought in. I want to just reaffirm how great it was, and I just go absolutely. It's like, dude, you can't say that every time. Come on, it's it's good that you identify it because I do the same thing. Like. Mm. What's like, your word? Mine's phenomenal. Mm. And I post, and like people will probably see that in the Instagram post too. It's like phenomenal podcast this week or 
this was just absolutely phenomenal or, you know, it just, I, and insert anything and I'll put it there with phenomenal. I also say like, that's so cool. So like when we had uh, Matt Bergon and he was talking sleep and brain and I was just blown away at all the points and I was like, that's so cool. That's so cool. That's so cool. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. Next question. It's like, ugh. Get a grip, dude. Do something else. Yeah. So if anyone has any suggestions for words that we should be saying on the podcast, please don't hesitate to write a review on uh, iTunes. You know, maybe comment on one of our Facebook posts, Instagram posts. Hit us up. Send a letter by Raven. Let us know. Do do whatever you need to get. do. Just get the message across because we got to get better. We absolutely have to get better. And one area of improvement that we had this week um, was a whirlwind of emotions that we had occur Mm. to us. Uh, this past Monday night. So, as you guys have all seen, Podcast 58 did not go as planned. We had to cut the interview due to personal... Uh, professional. Uh, professional interest had to be... Um, it just had to be removed. Mm-hmm. And our initial reaction to that, I don't think, was professional. We didn't... Uh, it was the, This was the very first time this has ever happened to us. 58 podcasts in, we had never had a guest be like, we do not, I do not want my content out. Um, on the internet anymore. I don't feel comfortable. And we were genuinely, like, just a... We were angry. Yeah, it was not fun. I mean, what the listeners should know, what the market intern should know, is we put a lot of freaking work into this podcast. We spend probably 20, 20 man hours each, or 20 man hours total, I don't know. A lot of man hours to prepare and get you guys what you want every single day. And... And it's scheduled and it's pre-planned. Yeah, it's all scheduled. Andrew and I this have. It's not our, something that we do every day and then put it right out there. This is something we have a firm schedule. Yes, and so we're we plan all this out. We get it all together. We know what our week's going to look like, and we're stoked about it. Most of all, is like we put all this together, and it's going to be like sweet. It's going to mm-hmm. be rad. You guys are so are going to enjoy this so much. Right, and then when someone pulls the plug on it, you know, then you just feels like someone ripped your heart out, and it sucks. But you know what? Exhausted, and you kind of play a little bit of a why me card. Yeah, it's like why did this have to happen? Why did we? Why did it have to happen to us? Like Mm -hmm. we were doing so well, and like you also get caught up on like the interview itself. Like it was so good. Like you're getting all this good feedback. You're getting big um, downloads right away. Like feeling really good, and it's just like oh gosh, we were right there, you know. Mm -hmm. But and that lasted maybe ten minutes, I'd say, no more, of just defeated mentality. And when we were like. We preach this message on our podcast so consistently. We preach a message of figuring it out, adjust and go. Just like that type of mentality of, okay, yeah, something went wrong, but are you just going to sulk and be and complain about it? No. There needs to be a movement towards your goal. You need to figure it out and move forward. And I believe after those 10 minutes of like the why me card, we cut that cord immediately and said, mm-hmm. let's move forward because we can't let this affect our game. We can't. This is a business. This is not anything personal. This was out of um, a professional decision, and we had to just act like a business and attack, re-engage, and attack. What did we say when this happened 10 minutes in? Good. Good. You got your podcast cut to down to 30 minutes, and the interview got pulled? Good. You uh, don't get as much content, have to repost four or five different Instagram posts for the week because you planned all this out, but it's not going to work out? Good. So many opportunities to grow, so many opportunities to learn what went wrong and how can we move forward. Now we know to ask our guests, hey, are you comfortable with the content we put out after this? We have a sweet audience. Your name will be um, one of the top searched in the Google engine when you type in 
blank name and the back pocket or just blank name. It's there. It, it'll be, your name will come up with the back, be associated with the back pocket. It'll be on the internet. Yeah, not to brag, we have a good SEO. We have can't a good do nothing SEO. about that. Mm-hmm. So we know what to do now. We were leveraging positivity in a way that could put us in a direction back on track. Yeah, and I think if you're going to spend all your time and energy towards something, it should be figuring out what's next and how can I come out of this positive? How can we make this something good? You know, Andrew and I are now a victim to having a podcast being pulled and being embarrassed and having to pull something that's not good. You know what? But that makes us that uh, we can leverage that. We can say we can learn from it. Like you had said, all those things are great, but we can also be positive about it. We can look at every single aspect, every single step positively and spend all our energy towards that. Because if we don't do that, then we're spending energy on sulking, on feeling bad for ourselves, and then not getting our work done, not getting the stuff that needed to push us to that next level, to push us to that next post. That's where it all comes down to right there is specifically the energy right there towards mm-hmm. the positivity, and that positivity leverages into production. Are you going to be a victim or are you going to be a victor? Ooh. And we, we played the victim card, and we for 10 minutes and then we were like this is not acceptable this was not again this was not personal why are we taking it personal we need to be a victor in this situation and I think we did just that we went I I, you went to bed because you had to get up super early I didn't have to get up that early so I was like I'm gonna stay up another just go to bed I couldn't sleep I couldn't sleep we had this we got this information late it was like 11 30 p.m on Monday night and we're like and due to the situations, it, I just could not sleep and I wanted to get it done. So I spent the next two hours hammering it out, editing the whole podcast, re-uploading the new one, and then creating new content for Declan because he's super busy with the other stuff he's got going on. So I was like, I got to get him some new content. And bam, we were back on track, ready to move forward. And some of our marketing interns got to experience the interview. And I got so much feedback oh, yeah. from people that because it was released for 24 hours. And people listened to it right away. Yeah. And I had so many texts from... People saying, phenomenal uh, podcast, bummer I had to get pulled, or why did it get pulled? I was halfway through. I was I was super stoked about all this content. And it was like, ah, bummer. However, I'm hearing back this feedback right now, and it's like, sweet. People are listening. People get it. They love the content. Granted, it couldn't be per- shown to our marketing interns anymore, but it was a great interview. We grew from it. And so moral of the story is, guys, marketing interns, things will go wrong in your day-to-day routine, the, the unexpected will happen. And do you have a plan set in place to react? What is in your back pocket when, exa- when anxiety rises, when stress becomes pressure, or when, rather when pressure becomes stress, what is your methodology to the madness of figuring out how to move forward? Figure out, adjust, and go. This leads us great to our interview with Beaver Fleming. He is a part of Nitro Circus, and you'll hear that story on how he got passionate about skating, skateboarding, I should say, and his story into Nitro Circus and where he's at now. And I'll tell you what, one of the most humble guys ever, just a great representation of figure out, adjust, and go, a great representation of positivity and leveraging positivity, all kinds of good stuff in this episode. You guys are going to love it, man. Just speaks so fluently and just has unbelievable input. Anything else, Andrew? Beaver, thank you for coming on the show. A um, few things that our marketing internships lock in for when he is speaking is when he talks about his injury. What is his reaction? What is his reaction to when people ask what happened? And then when he tells them what happens, what is their response and why is he irritated by that response? 
lock in. He's got a lot of insight, very unexpected insight. This this is why I love these interviews because we had an extreme sport athlete on here, a third time having one, and every single time they blow us away. That's why they send it Sunday. That's why they deserve to send it Sunday. So enjoy. Born and raised in Tennessee. Went pro when he was 18. Joined the Nitro Circus right away. Was that at 18 years old? Yeah. 18 now years 24, old. six years later, crushing the game, beaver flying. Fantastic. Too bad we didn't record that. <laughs> Great. We need to just get it on, huh? All right. It was recorded. It was. Yeah. Oh, we're on? Yeah, we're on. Hey! We're live. We'll, we'll start. Should, can we keep it that way or do you not want? Let's keep it that way. Okay. All right. So All right. We're, we're in. Yeah, we're full-blown in Game the back on. pocket podcast. Is this your first podcast? Yeah, I'm in the pocket right now. Mm-hmm. No, this, I've done a couple podcasts before, but okay. stoked and honored. Never been on the back pocket podcast. Yes. Put it that way. And to premise our podcast, we just want to say thank you to Josh Perry. So Josh Perry hooked us up with Beaver Fleming. It just works out super nicely that Beaver Fleming... Uh, is coming into Minneapolis, dude. He's and, in town for the X Games. games. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, shout out to Josh Perry, legend, inspiration. If you don't know, no. He was awesome to have on. Yeah. We had really no background besides that he was a bike rider, and Declan kind of knew him a little bit when he was growing up, kind of riding. And um, But him on the show just was so inspirational. His story and yeah. what he's doing now of just trying to like incredible increase his health and yep. mental attitude towards life and then what happened with his brother. And you can already tell like the things that he's been working on yeah. to improve already has been shown. It's been and then the yeah. brain tumors as well. It's just an incredible story. Yeah, unreal. Super inspiring and yeah, I love it. I mean he's just he's on it with what he's doing and he knows and he's done the research, putting the work and it's just inspiring to see like not taking what the doctors are going to tell him. He's not living a diagnosis that someone's going to tell him. He's going to go out and figure out, okay, I can overcome this and figure out how to optimize my health and beat this thing and mm-hmm. make life epic, live the life you want. Exactly. And speaking of living the life you want, you're doing that right now, man. You're going, <laughs> join the Nitro Circus when you're 18. It's been six years since that time. You're pro skater, coming off a recent injury, and we'll get to that a little, in a little yeah. bit. But before we get to anything, dude, the back pocket tradition – question all right what is your average quality my average quality yes mm-hmm. like something i'm just so we like to frame it as something you do well sometimes and sometimes you struggle at it and at the end of the day you're just wildly average at this quality at this quality mm-hmm. hmm okay well that's man that's gonna be tough to think i guess it would be it'd be something like making my bed mm. you know I, I i try and commit to making it every morning be diligent but I don't always give it the most intention of making sure I do a great job with it. I'll do a good job, but not a great job. And usually I find that when I travel, I start to slack. You know, because it's like, oh, it's a different bed. It's not the same. It's not my bed. Yeah, you uh, know. The cleaning ladies will make it for me. Right, you know, but I want to be get that diligence. Like, sometimes I'll be on it, and it'll be like a perfect week of just your champion. But sometimes I'll just be like, eh, you know. But I want to, you know, that's a quality I'm working, constantly working to develop. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of those things that it kind of checks me. Like, I, I even w- when I skimp on it, I know, and it kind of doesn't frame my day up the same. <laughs> you know, it's like I'm shooting myself in the foot. Honestly. Yeah, it's like the first thing you can do when you wake up yeah. is that you can accomplish something right away with Without even yeah. any really physical activity or right. mental activity, you just 
pull your sheets up yep. and straighten them out a little bit. And I love the idea of that. You know, I've listened to a couple guys talk about why it's so important and why the military does it. And the number yeah. one reason is task completion. Mm-hmm. You start your day by finishing what you started. You know, you start to make your bed, you finish it well. And so that's where it's just one of those things. And I mean, you know how it is. Some days you just get up different, but <laughs> yep. you know, I suck at it. But the only, I, uh, last year for Lent, um, I gave up something I can't remember, but I always give up something and do something. And yeah. I did my bed for 40 days straight. Come on. And then I thought it was just going to be a habit. And I think like day 41, I was just, <laughs> you were done. Lent's over right back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Haven't gotten good. back to it, that's but it's good. a great thing. I mean, it is, you mentioned like the military, rituals. Yeah, that's the, the military beat. is cool. Cause it's like you, um, they harp on making that's your bed true. so perfectly. Yeah. And their whole point is like, all right, well, if you screwed up the entire day, at least you can come back to your a nice for bed, a yeah. nice bed and something that you did right that day. Yeah, get yeah. yourself going for the next one. Yeah. Crazy. And the less choices you have to make in the morning, the just better. The yeah. better. So right. like you know you're gonna make your bed right away. You don't yeah. even think about it. You know coffee, and then if you have like a regular breakfast, yeah, it's just morning less... rituals are dialed. That mm-hmm. is very key. And I do have like a kind of like a set list, but like I said, it's kind of tough. Like when I'm when I'm at home, I'm really able to be diligent, but trying to keep that on the road sometimes can be a little bit challenging, you know, mm-hmm. because you're in a different situation. You don't always know if the hotel has clean water. It might be a mission. You can't just go to your sink. You got to go find clean water, you know, because normally I like to get two cups in, just hydrate, you know, start yep. with that. And then, um, yeah, you mentioned the coffee thing. I actually, yeah, I would used to do coffee right away, but then I read this book called The Power of When, and it tells you, like, based on your chronotype, when the most optimal time for, like, drinking coffee is, go like, what time to sleep, like, all that stuff. It was really actually pretty awesome, when eating the, and all that. So it depends on each person, what, yeah. like, kind of your gene genetics? or Yeah. Is, okay. And, like, the thing based on it was, and I tried it, and I was like, whoa, because, like, my optimal time was between 9.30 and 10.30 to drink coffee. And normally I, like, would just go ahead and just drink it straight away in the morning, you know, get going. And, like, mm-hmm. they're like, that's actually the worst thing you can do because your mind is already starting its own engine. You don't need to just enhance it right away. So, like, if you can let it simmer later. Because normally, like, when I'm on my routine, I get up at, like, 5.30, 6 a.m. Oh. That's, like, my mindset. I go, I'm, like you know go by the sun kind of thing you know i like to be when the sun's up i'm up when the sun's out like so second it starts getting dark usually i'm just shutting down for the night so um but that's that's what works for me and so that's what was cool about that book it's like different people are way like everyone's different on their chronotype and if you can find out when you're most optimal at these different tasks and like it's just kind of like little hacks to help enhance life Absolutely. And I, one thing that I noticed, and you mentioned it right away, was it's this is consistent across the board. When you wake up and you drink a glass of water and you go to bed and you drink a glass of water, yep. your like energy level is more significant than even a glass of or even than a cup of coffee. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Hydration is so key. I mean we need I mean Look at us right now. We're, made, we're chugging water yeah, over here. We're mostly made of water, so you might as well drink it. You know, that's what I always say. It's like you're made of water, you might as well drink it. You know, all the small brain guys out there who just don't understand it. If you understand that you're made of water, then it makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Well that's the thing too, and our bodies are always trying to stay at that pH level. So if you drink something like a soda or anything, it's gonna like your body wants to get to that pH level. So when you drink a soda and it's so low, it has to work and burn that energy to get you up. And that's why those sugar crashes and stuff like that happens because your body's working but not in the right way. But if you're drinking water or things that are more alkaline, then your body has to work less because it'll just even itself out. I like that. Sweet. Yeah. So we'll get into your path, or your path to skateboarding in a second. Okay. I wanted to ask you, where did you get the name Beaver? The name Beaver. Oh, that's a great story. It's a great name. It's a great name. I'm very thankful for that name. It's awesome. My teachers weren't too hyped on it in middle school, actually. <laughs> My friends would get in trouble for calling me Beaver. 
Really? Yeah, I grew up in the South, and, like, they, literally my friends, like, would get sent to the principal's office for calling me Beaver. Why and, like, that? my parents had to, like, fight it and be like, no, his, we call him Beaver here and, like, at church, and that's his name. We call him Beaver. So, you deal with it. Basically, they told the teachers that, which was awesome. My parents were rad. But basically, the backstory on that is when I was younger, um, just little things would happen. Like, we would be doing stuff with my friends. I wasn't, like, the kid that would break everything, you know, but just funny, like, little, like, no chance in heck that's going to happen. Like, right here, I'm missing a tooth and a half. I got hit with a golf ball. Like, how? what are the chances of that? Like, actually, 45 yards away, my brother hit a golf ball. Right hole in one to the tooth. And <laughs> so, like, little things like that. But that was when I was after I had the name Beaver. But that's kind of why. And uh, it was just the TV show Leave It to Beaver. I, like, things like that would happen to him. Like, once in a million chance. Like, oh, Beaver. You know, Leave It to Beaver. And leave so, it, beaver. it just stuck. My dad, like... My dad called me that, and that was it. <laughs> Sweet. So your is that that's not your a birth certificate name? No. Okay. No, 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 no. What's your birth certificate name? Only my mom knows now. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> you had me. Shocked. Yeah. <laughs> no. I actually, uh, you know, I did a video with my dad and ha- let him kind of tell the story on YouTube, and uh, but it's Christopher. Okay. That's my real name. But so go to YouTube if you want the original. <laughs> if you want story. the real backstory from the man himself. There you yeah. go. That's Under awesome. the Shout channel? Out to my dad. Under the channel, Beaver Fleming. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. One M, not One two M. M's. Yep, that's it. What I found out today, or yesterday, oh, okay. I was yeah. sending emails to Beaver Fleming at, I won't oh, say, yeah. but you I know, put it's it with, funny. I put this two is M's. my uh, credential for X Games, and they even did it too. Brutal. <laughs> right? You know? It's, hey. <laughs> Come on. Well, yeah, well, let's get to the reason why you're here, the X Games. The X Games. And um, your career is in skateboarding. You're yep. part of Nitro Circus. Yeah. Before we get to Nitro Circus, because I'm excited to talk about that, let's talk about the passion of falling in with skateboarding. All right. So basically, I grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee, and that's not the biggest place for action sports. You know, that is not by any means the hub of action sports. The only reason I knew what skateboarding was was because my brother had Tony Hawk Pro Skater too. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I would have had no clue. You know, no one in the town skate. I live in San Diego now where I see kids way younger than when I started skating to school. You know, that's just the norm out there. Um, but I came from a place where it was like one of three skateboarders at my high school. And that guy's actually skated. And so, basically, just really, the second I saw my brother playing that game, I was like, man, that looks incredible. And my favorite part, I, like, would make him not skip the intro, because I just wanted to see the guy skate, like, on the video. And then, one, like, he wouldn't let me play, but I would just watch him play for hours and hours. And then, one day, he was gone, so I got to play, and I'm like, I wonder if skating's this much fun. Like, I'm having a blast with this game. Like, I wonder if skating's this much fun. Remember, he had a board from Christmas one year or something, and just took it out in the street, and instantly was hooked and basically been skating ever since absolutely fell in love with it um i played other sports at the time and just you know the whole team vibe i never really got along with you know i like being responsible for my own actions kind of thing you know like not having to rely on a team for a great outcome you know or just being able to do something but be all in on just it's me it's Mm -hmm. me out there like an individual sport i just kind of like that mentality of it it was different that was one of the things i loved too and so I love all action sports just because they're so different. I thought it was rad, like, what people can do on a bicycle. Like, I love, and I'll be watching every single BMX event and the motocross and stuff just because it's different and it's rad and just seeing these guys actually push the limits. Not only that, I mean, risking their lives as well. There's just something pretty admirable about that, you know? And in the I mean, these guys are not millionaires by any means. You know, I'm having conversations with some of these guys, and it's like... You know, we look at these uh, NFL and uh, MLB players, and they're making millions of dollars, but these guys are just literally, like, 
all out of passion and love for the sport. Like, there's no more than that. And Mm -hmm. that's just kind of what makes it super rad. So, thankfully, I fell in love with it at a young age. My parents, once they understood, like, okay, he actually likes this and it's keeping him out of trouble, like, he's staying focused. You know, I got super blessed. We didn't have a real skate park, so they built me a ramp in the backyard, an eight-foot ramp. I would go to Camp Woodward, which is, like, the action sports mecca Mm -hmm. um, in the summer. They would always send me for, like, a week or two weeks. And then um, my dad was, like, kind of... There was, like, a community trying to get a skate park in Knoxville, and he kind of came on and got his company to donate a lot of money and pump it into there. So that was pretty epic, and that got finished when I went to high school. And then my senior year of high school, I moved out to Woodward West. They were doing a... um, they were doing a school at the time, an online school program, boarding school, and this is just the craziest story because it was only around for a year and a half, and the year I went there was my senior year, and then they had to shut it, but that was, I, it worked out that I was able to go there my senior year of high school, finish that, and just really be committed to skating, and that's where I found Travis and got involved with the Nitro crew. Okay, so, gotcha. Yeah. That's sweet. What's really cool growing up is that your parents were full in supporting you right yeah. away because I don't know if this is common, but from an outside perspective parents probably aren't the first ones to promote their kids doing those action sport type things. Especially in the South, in Mm -hmm. Tennessee. It's like, I mean, my friend's parents couldn't understand it. They'd like have serious conversations like, why are you letting him do this? Don't you know what that is? Because all they'd see is like the skate videos where it's like people partying, like, you know, getting Mm -hmm. smashed and smashing stuff and just the reckless, like, rebel side of it, you know. But I saw the pure, like, I always loved the X Games side, like the competition side, like really push yourself and push the limits. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we've I've always like just loved how, like you said, they're so passionate about it. You yeah. can see it on X Games. Right, it's so hard to connect to that feeling of dropping down an eighty foot ramp, mm-hmm. sending it a sixty feet on a skateboard, and then going up a quarter pipe. Yeah, like, it's so beyond me. Yeah, it's just so cool to watch. I'm fascinated with it. <laughs> and we so we released this episode on Send It Sunday. Oh come on! And mm-hmm. for the for the guys who send it like yourself, we yeah, had Scott Kersman who was a ex pro ski, uh, snowboarder skier, skier, and he had to finish up because he had too many injuries. And then we had Josh Perry on the next week, so back to back Send It Sundays. Oh man! And you'll be our third Send It Sunday. Ooh, ooh. Mm-hmm. There we go. But you guys uh, better send it for me. Our marketing interns will send it. We know they will. <laughs> there we go. Um, but you mentioned team sports. Yeah. I also feel like the X Games or just the skateboard community is a team at for the most part because you guys yeah. really are encouraging mm-hmm. from when I just watch on TV. Right. And I can even tell like the guys that are standing on the top of the ramp and after someone drops in, they wipe out mm-hmm. or they nail it. Yeah. Like the guys around them, no matter if they just got a, scored a hundred or they scored a 75, they're all supporting high fives. Yeah. Very supportive community. That's the cool thing about it. Yeah. You know, it's like, we're all doing our own thing, but at the end of the day, no one wants to see a guy not pull it. You know, we want to see the progression of the sports. It's not like a selfish thing where it's like, oh, I beat that guy. Yes, heck yeah, I'm the conqueror. I'm the champion. No, it's like, we're just the boys out there having a good time and just trying to push each other and the sport of skateboarding to see what is possible, you know? The limits are still... I mean, these sports are kind of limitless in a sense. You know, we still don't know what the limits are, how many times you can flip, spin, flip your board this way, that way, what can, tricks you can connect together. And so it's cool that the guys, for the most part, really encourage that. And, like, they want to see everyone throw down and be wheels down, not get slammed or miss a run just so they can take the gold. You know, it's yeah. we want to be there for each other. Yeah, right That's on. super cool. Your passion behind skateboarding. So we do our research on the back pocket. Yeah. Riding the board 
praising the Lord. Yeah. Uh, that's a super cool saying you got going there. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Love How, the rhythm to it. Yeah, love the rhythm. Right? Yeah. You seem like you're a rhyme guy. Yeah. That's really you gotta good. You got to love a good rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> and just a good catchy phrase. You know, yeah. one of my other ones, dream for something big, go for something epic. Every second you are alive, you should feel alive. But riding the board and praising the Lord is probably the top one. You know, um, honestly, I feel truly blessed in my life and owe that a lot to the Lord. You know, I'm a firm believer in God and just the blessings that he's bestowed upon my life. And I just want to truly bring the glory back to him and what he's done. And, you know, I try and treat every day as a blessing. I'm a lot in the Bible and in the word and just trying to learn and grow in that way. And just, you know, versus certain, like make the most of every opportunity, make it like a reason to get out of bed in the morning. You know, all right, what can I do on my board today to bring glory back to the one who gave me life? And that's kind of the whole mindset behind that. That's sweet. Very cool mantra. And I know we had talked, you know, kind of offline about, um, you know, finding your passion, you know, yeah. being just passionate about the road to your passion. Yeah. What do you have to say to people who are, you know, cause you found your passion right away and you stuck with it and yeah. it just it came to you. Right. Right. There are other people out there who just can't find that passion or just haven't really gotten there yet. What would you say to someone like that? Well, there's kind of two sides to that. You know, sometimes I believe them and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I believe that they know what it is, but they're too afraid to let the, you know, try and pull the trigger and see what can happen. And fear can cripple anybody. So that's the thing. It's like, there's only one way to find out. And if you never try, you never know. So right now, I mean, like, for instance, I'm dealing with an injury where I should not be skating. And I'm an alternate in this event, but I came out here in faith of, okay, if the opportunity presents itself, I'm going to go out there and give it. Because I'd never be able to forgive myself if I got the opportunity and didn't even try. You know, so that's the difference with it. And so for people that are trying to find it, I would say, you know, just go for whatever. And if it feels right and you're stoked at night, no matter how much money you're making or what you're doing or if what you're accomplishing out of it, what anyone else is saying, you know, because that's how it was. Like I said, my parents had people telling them, why are you letting them skate? Why? They didn't understand why they were sending me to California at 17 to go chase this dream. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you're truly passionate about it, you'll figure out a ma- way to make it work and live your definition of success. And that's the biggest thing. Everyone defines success differently, which is awesome. There is no one true definition to what success is. But at the end of the day, if you're stoked out of your mind and you go to sleep at night, you know, truly living your dream and your passion, and you're excited to wake up in the morning, I think that's the biggest thing is just being excited to wake up and actually live life. You know, that's the biggest thing. Uh, No one knows the timeline on it, and you see so many people, like, with these midlife crises wondering what all all the what-ifs, but that's where I'm very thankful to recognize at a young age, like, time is very limited, but there's also so much opportunity. So if we can optimize on that, be clear and intentional about what we want, our goals, our vision, and get clarity on it, then we'll be good to go. This world, though, right now is an interesting place because there's so many distractions, and that's why I feel like people aren't finding their passion because they're too busy watching other people live their lives. You know, you see all these in uh influencers or whatever youtubers all this stuff there's so many kids that are just watching hours and hours of people playing video games which is fine but it's like what are they actually doing to try and achieve that in their life you Mm -hmm. know and so it's like i would rather see someone actually going out and doing that and figuring out what they want to achieve and working hard and diligently at that and just see more people enjoying and embracing that than certain people just having multi multi millions of followers and things yet half those people are ultimately just envious of their lives rather than supporting of their lives. Mm -hmm. 
That's so much to unpack. <laughs> like, that yeah. was an awesome tangent. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. sorry about that. It just was flown out. Yeah, so. absolutely. Thank Both you. Um, a few things that you mentioned there. So influencers. Yeah. We feel like every person has that innate ability inside them yeah. to influence whether it's just their personal motivation absolutely. or they can create an environment yeah. that helps other people push to their passions. Yeah. And I feel like what you said speaks perfectly to yeah. hopefully one of our marketing interns hears that and they're absolutely. influenced by it. Yeah. Because really on this show, what we're trying to do is unlock mm-hmm. how they can get to that point, yeah. where they find their passions, where they feel like they can yeah. um, be themselves, but at the same time, they're doing something successfully. Yeah. And there's a lot to be said when there is fear in your life, Yeah. but at the same time, the fear of failure prohibits a lot of mm-hmm. where you want to go. And we are in an industry right now with podcasting that's kind of unfamiliar. Yeah. It is kind of saturated a little bit. There are probably 5,000 to yeah. heck, some number out there, but we're trying to make it out here in yeah. this difficult industry that really is not directed on a dotted line path. No yeah. one knows how to do it properly. No. Yeah. But what we do know is having people like you on speaking what you just said, that's where we want to go. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm stoked and honored to be here, you know, just bringing real raw truth and you guys are obviously passionate about it. You got a little studio set up and, yep. you know, even if you influence one, my dad had this really cool uh, quote and idea and he said um, every single day you have the opportunity to either be a jerk or, to somebody or a hero to somebody and it's like you get to make that decision on who you want to be and it's like everyone's looking for that hero so be that hero be that person you know that needs that extra pep talk you know you never know how far that can go you see a guy looking downcast on a train or on the street what if you actually just said hello to him you never know I mean like you hear stories all the time of man I was going to kill myself and like that's a real thing and it's like with how people are comparing themselves all the time with instagram and different platforms like we're in a competitive world and we're just constantly looking at other people and like oh i'm not that i'm not this but at the same time even if you have 10 followers and you're just leading one and you impact one in some sort of positive way or make their day better that's something epic to be proud of right there you know and you can go to sleep good at night knowing man that's cool that i was able to help someone go through this thing Awesome, awesome. <laughs> blowing us away. I yep. love it. And I want to touch on fear just a little bit because oh, okay. you are in the art <laughs> of sending it. Yeah. And, you know, being... Unfortunately, that's got its uh, gifts and curses. No, right, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I really want to dive into your mind and pick your brain. I hate yeah. saying pick your brain. I want no, it's good. Explore. Explore. Okay, mm-hmm. I like that. And you're about, you're about to send it on a new trick for the first time. Yeah. What goes through your head? How what do you commit head? to sending it? To sending it. You know, that's an interesting thing because we're always, like, trying to push the limits of what's been done. And a lot of stuff, thankfully, I've been able to, you know, have a pretty successful career of inventing tricks and trying stuff that's never been done. Um, Very grateful to have the opportunity to work with guys like Travis Pastrana who have access to different airbag technologies and new stuff. So it's not like you're like, well, you're doing this straight on concrete for the first time. Like, we're (laughs) able to kind of go into the foam pits, the airbags, and get an idea for it without just breaking ourselves on the first try. But at the end of the day, we do want to do it legit. We want to do it right, you know, on a real ramp. And so there's definitely, yeah, there's that side of it. So it's just putting in the work and doing the back work on it and just getting excited. And at the end of the day, you just got to say, game on and, like, submit to going for it. You just got to already make that conscious decision in your head. The problem happens when you're hesitant on it. That's when you really get hurt. So if you're focused and you're loose and you know what you're doing, and the biggest thing is visualizing, you know, visualizing it in your mind. I mean, we don't understand, like, our brain can't really decipher between 
what's real and what's in our imagination. So if we can get that in tune with our imagination and our dreams of like, if we visualize it enough, our body will innately know how to do it. If you can visualize it that real to like, all right, I'm going down the roll and going down the roll and through the first transition, I'm on the flat bottom. Like if you can take it that intricately and spend the time on it, your body will like, you'll surprise yourself so much more than you even realize. So mm-hmm. it's, it's cool. I try, I've started to approach it like that. Whereas before I would just be a kid and just trial and error. I would try something like a hundred times and like you, then you get in a pattern of doing it wrong. So if you can start, yeah. you know, and now I'm at the point where it's like, all right, if I learn a trick, I'll do like one, nail it. All right, sweet. That's a new trick programmed in my mind. I remember that. I'll watch the game tape of it or whatever, you know, and then sure. the next day I'll try and do it a few more times and then have that to where I don't even have to think about it. So it's cool that I've learned both sides of it. You know, the constant hours, like I'll never forget, like at my ramp back home, like I literally spent months trying to learn this one trick and literally just getting wadded and wadded for hours on end, like for months in a row trying it. And then finally, it's cool how atmosphere works too. Like the time I landed, it was at my birthday party where I had all my friends there, you know, and you get the hype, you get the boys going, and that's the cool thing of how that works, too. There is definitely power and energy and atmosphere. Uh, yep, absolutely. And then, so with vision, yeah. we as football players, this Pat, we just finished playing football in December. We played mm-hmm. for four years at the University of St. Thomas, and towards the last two years, our head coach had us on Sunday um, practices after the game before our next opponent He'd have us like lie down after we did yoga or some type of stretching to help with our breathing. And then he'd have us visualize yeah. to the T, like you were saying, like visualize the cleats you'll be wearing next game, mm. the color of the cleats, the color of the opponent's jerseys, yeah. where the field is, the certain lines on the field. Is it grass? Is it turf? Like you said, everything very yeah. specific. And then a vision that you having the most success that you have ever had on the yeah. football field, whether yeah. it's an interception, you're playing safety, or you're running back and you're taking the ball yep. on a pitch to the left and you got to break a few tackles or something like right. that. Right, yeah. And it was funny how it flipped and people like had more confidence in themselves yeah. and we right. saw a better product on the field because they had a little bit of a picture of what could happen yeah. in the best situation possible. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was just happy to be... In a, in a system that a coach was willing to do that because you picture football players and sometimes even extreme sports like do they really take the time or yeah. are they just going straight into it and kind of yeah just like you said earlier being a kid trial and error yeah right so when did, I want to know when you kind of like implemented that into your system of training um it's been it's been here recently a lot more recent, maybe in like the last year, two years or so. And it's been like basically all I can do right now while I'm on the sidelines, you know, not skating. And so it's like a lot of visualization and kind of training on that end, which is, which is good. But, um, yeah, it's, it's tough though when you're not able to actually ride for sure. sure. So I'm sure we'll go into that in a bit, but, um, yeah, no, the visualization has been massive and I'm grateful to have been able to work with some incredible teams and different docs and stuff on the sports science side and mindset and visualization. So mm-hmm. that's been really cool to work through. So, that, uh, so just one last thing on like visualization Yeah, is we would, going back on Andrew's point is like we would envision like very positive yeah, and like right. you lock your mind in on like yeah. the positivity. Absolutely. Like you don't visualize yourself like burning and crashing no. and like tearing your ACL. You, oh, you no. envision yourself I would, landing I would that. Wish that on nobody. Right, and yeah. but and then think but think about like the adversity as well. Like yeah. we would also visualize adversity. 
Mm-hmm. Like, he would put us in situations, you're down 10. Yeah. You're down 7. Something yeah. didn't go your way. Yeah. All right, now how are you going to respond? Wow, visualizing cool. mm-hmm. visualizing the response and when that's that awesome. when you're in the face of adversity. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. So, it, like you said, you can trick your brain to really do these things because it can't tell reality from imagination sometimes. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Yep. It, the brain is insane. We still have no idea of the true power of it. Mm-hmm. That's cool. No one knows. Yeah. I don't think we ever will, but we'll get we'll build on it for sure. Yeah. Figure it out. And average quality, this world's average quality right now. Is yeah. Just the Seriously. Of the brain. <laughs> Man, it's crazy. But one thing you do know is you need trust in yourself, whether you're in an extreme sport or whether you're just in a day-to-day routine of being in the business world or being a doctor you need to trust what your experience has led you you need to trust the knowledge you've gained i want to know how that process has been with you when did you feel like you had the most trust in yourself and maybe a situation you didn't yeah i mean i guess i don't know the confidence thing is just powerful if you can't like if you're not confident you've already shot yourself out you know if you don't truly believe that you're going to make something epic happen then you've already lost you know mindset is really everything and your belief system, what you choose to believe about yourself is really powerful. And if you choose to, you know, have those limiting thoughts, then you're, that's going to be your reality. Like whatever you truly believe is ultimately what's going to manifest. So if you can believe that you can make something absolutely epic and unreal happen in your life, that's what it's going to be. But if you can also set, set the side so low, so it's tough, you know, there was a while I was kind of dealing with, uh, maybe like feeling inadequate in certain ways because I did join Nitro, but I felt like I hadn't achieved everything I wanted to on my skateboard yet, but I was still the one doing the shows and stuff. And so I missed certain contests and then was like, man, well, shoot, I don't have these certain tricks that all these guys are doing. Why should I try and embrace that? And now I've realized it doesn't even matter what you on a skateboard at the end of the day. It's just who you are and how you go. Like you can truly figure out different ways. And you're, you're seeing that now. There are different guys and different fields you know that would just start making youtube videos that were by no means the best writers but they were able to make a really successful story by doing how-to tricks even though you know they could do the ones they could do just the basics but they were able to make it epic on that and so it's just figuring out different ways to make it work and at the end of the day you know there's no perfect skateboarder there's no right or wrong way to do it and so just being at peace with that and being like all right well i'm just going to be the best and stop comparing yourself to other people i think that's the biggest thing just be your best and look to improve yourself always yeah thank you and i think that's like what social media allows people to do and you mentioned Mm -hmm. that a lot and i think where like in my opinion we can touch on how you got involved with nitro circus i really want to but nitro circus in general and like the art of sending it like that is it is that an has, art. That Not has, everyone accepts it as one, but it is an it art. It is an art. And the <laughs> yeah. presentation of it is so ap- visually appealing. Yeah. I, it just has such a great space on social media. Like, I crave looking at dudes just send baggies off, like, snow mounts. Or, yeah. Being yeah. from Colorado, you love that. Like, like oh, yeah. that's There's where I live. There's something like, epic in any sense of someone being upside like down. Like, your <laughs> POV yeah. GoPro of you going on that uh, off the big ramp. Uh-huh. Dude, that was that like blew my mind because you go slow mo over it and you just oh it's beautiful. <laughs> but like that, I just feel I like, like her GoPros or POV. Oh my, games, you know, just it's just it's honest. just great to like have. Yeah. It, I'm blessed. We're blessed with it. Mm. And anyways, going back to my point, how did you get involved with Nitro Circus? What's the story there? I'm sure it's epic. Yeah. How you met Travis Pastrani, shook his hand, I'm sure. Right, yeah. The god himself. So, yeah, (laughs) dude, right? Oh, man, that guy's incredible. And 
still going for it. It's epic. Just knowing him has truly been a blessing. And yeah, so the way I met him was like I touched on a little bit earlier, um, was living at Woodward my senior year of high school and I was getting ready to graduate and I didn't really know what I was going to do. You know, like my parents had invested in this. I'm starting to be like, okay, am I going to go for just all these contests? How am I going to do I didn't have any sponsors or anything really at all. And so I was like, all right, how are we going to make this work? And one literally fateful weekend, I heard a rumor that he was coming up. So a lot of the kids went to a movie and I was like, I'm not going to miss if that there's a chance that he's coming, I'm going to hang out. And so sure enough, him and his wife, Lindsay, who's a professional skateboarder, mm-hmm. uh, they came up and I was like, oh, dude, because I've always just looked up to him and wanted to meet him. And so I was skating the park and he was filming me before I'd even introduced myself or met him. And then I started trying some stuff in the foam pit and he was like, and then like got introduced to him over there and he's like, man, what the heck was that? That was epic. And like, he's like, dude, we got to have you a part of our show. And, like, that was literally our first conversation, and I couldn't believe it because I'd always just wanted to meet the guy. And then he gave me his email, and then a week later, like, I'm like, I had to f- realize, okay, i got to graduate early because i got to go to Australia for this tour. So I had to finish my online courses in April. I was going to Australia in May. And so it was Holy just, tr- yeah, it was incredible and, like, bigger than anything I could ask or imagine, you know. And just following that story through has just been been amazing you know it's had its ups and downs though i mean everyone sees obviously like the cool epic side of it but also i mean tour life's not easy you know not being having a home base or stuff like that and just constantly be on your body like there's both sides to it but at the end of the day man anytime you get a chance to be on a skateboard and that's what i've recognized through the injury i'm dealing with now it's a great day and such a blessing so and just try and treat it as that has been really awesome absolutely yeah um so the nitro circus started with you just Travis was inside the building and you were just throwing a trick to kind of impress him or were you just kind of just practicing and he saw you I was just cruising and I had ideas for some of this stuff and I knew some of the ramps weren't quite right and I knew what they kind of had so I was like uh, I wonder what he'll think of this and mm-hmm. so I would throw it obviously and then yeah he was like man that's awesome we want to have you a part of our show very cool yeah <laughs> so mm-hmm. and people always talk about like luck being presented and I want to say that position that you were in is a great example of how luck is not really yeah. incorporated into how you can end that, up making yeah. it. It's you decided not yeah. to go to the movie. Yeah. That wasn't luck that decided that. Yeah. That was you saying, hey, I'm just going right. to be inside the It's that preparation meets yep. opportunity thing. You know, you see an opportunity, you capitalize on it from all the prep work you've done in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So pro- that's awesome. Great story for that. Mm-hmm. God, and you're freaking stoked as an 18-year-old, <laughs> thinking, he, not knowing what he's going to do one day, yeah. like when he graduates to graduating early to going to Australia and then six years later you're still in Nitro Circus and yeah. having a blast. No, it's yeah, it's truly been incredible and getting to grow and be a part of that has been unreal. Yeah, it, well, I guess one thing we probably should do actually is just give a background of Nitro Circus. Okay, We've yeah. We've talked about it so much already, but like for the marketing interns, <laughs> the average guys out there who maybe didn't get involved in action sports like us. Yeah. What what's it all about? So Nitro Circus is basically now it's a collective of just the best of the best in action sports. Uh, we do live shows all around the world. We just signed a re- residency show in Las Vegas. Um, and also we do a different content. So last week, Travis did a tribute to Evil Knievel, um, did three mm-hmm. of big, Evil Knievel's biggest jumps. And then we also do 
different TV shows and movie. We just had a movie come out, Action Figures 2, which is insane. So it's all kinds of different stuff. There's now a clothing brand and all this different stuff as well. They just started getting, like, bikes made up so kids can kind of get their nitro bikes and get involved. Um, it's really cool, and it's cool because there's an opportunity literally for anyone to be a part of it if they're willing to push the limits and do something that's never been done. That's what they're looking for. That's what, at the end of the day, that's what all those guys are, just someone passionate about their sport, looking to figure out a way to progress it in a way um, that's awesome. So it started as a TV show with Travis, you know, he, or DVDs, honestly, he was just filming in his backyard with his buddies and mm-hmm. just getting into all sorts of nonsense, seeing what could be done on a tricycle to a shifter cart to, you know, the dirt bikes, obviously. And it's grown ever since, you know, it's been really awesome. And I, I watched it as a kid all the time thinking it was the most epic thing ever. And they never had skating in it. And so I never even thought that as an opportunity or possibility for me. So when it, manifested into that i was like man this is pretty rad (laughs) so are you guys traveling um all together or is it kind of like sectors going to different points at different times um it kind of depends you know sometimes they've had overlapping tours and then certain tours would be a little bit smaller or not the big ramps so it's kind of flipped in and out but for the most part there's like the main main crew of guys um that are on the most of the tour, so they've okay. kind of they've kind of simmered it down to that, and just making making sure we do the best show rather than multiple shows that Absolutely. are you know making the most. Out of How many people. guys are kind of in the core group? Uh, about thirty five total. There's uh, BMX, um, motocross. Um, I'm me and Lindsay are the only skaters really, okay. uh, which is kind of cool. And then um, there's the contraption guys, so guys on the big wheels, tricycles, the shopping cart, like all that kind of nonsense, mm-hmm. and lounge chairs. So yeah, that's right so nuts. Yeah, I was curious. That was gonna be my next question of like who is on what? What are the different varieties? But that answers that question perfectly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, how has Travis? Because Travis runs the whole show, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, how has he? been as a leader and how has he impacted you your mentality and you mentally man it's been incredible it was just being able to know him and just obviously the success he's had in his sport of freestyle motocross pushing the limits you know first ever double backflip and all the other stuff and still inventing i mean he just did a double backflip 360 you know no one else was willing to step up and he's like all right this trick needs to be done i know it can be done and he went and made it happen so you know it's been cool just getting to know him and he's always had my back you know he'll look out for me and even through the injury process like I'm able to look to him for wisdom because he's been there more than anybody on these things and he's like dude you'll be back buddy don't worry about it just be strong be diligent and uh so it's just cool to do that and just know that you know it's very awesome that I'm able to be able to call him at any time and know he'll be there and be supportive of whatever it is and he's helped me a lot with other stuff you know like figuring out certain ramps to do certain things and make stuff happen Mm -hmm. so it's it's cool yes absolutely and then it's support system at the highest level, yeah. goes a long way. And hearing that Travis is kind of doing that is it's definitely you guys. That's the coolest thing. Effective. I mean, his house is an open door for the most part. Like if you're someone that like wants to send it and is respectful and wants to be there and actually push it and you're passionate, like he'll pretty much let anyone come out and try something. You know, yeah. that's it's really cool and kinda of unheard of, you know. A lot of guys I'm sure in like the NFL, you know, Tom Brady's not opening his door for someone to come and learn from him. But mm-hmm. Trav's like, All right, who wants to hit these ramps? And that's the thing is like no one wanted to do that. So he was like, All right, well it needs to be done. I'm going to do it. Yeah. That's cool that he's got that mentality, too. Like, the top freestylers were there, and they were like, oh, no, you have fun, buddy. Like, so it's just cool. Like Either way, like he just wants to see progression happen. And that was where like the triple backflip was really cool because Josh Sheehan wanted, like, was capable of doing it, and Trav like, put the money in to get those ramps funded and done, and he was able to make it happen. You know, Trav wanted to do it a long time ago, but it just didn't work out. But Sheehan was able to, and it worked out. You know, He's got that open door and willing to let anyone go for it. 
That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned it's you and Lindsay as the only skaters in Nitro Circus. So you're really at the helm. You're the you're the CEO of the skating brand of Nitro Circus. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Put it that way. Yeah. How do you want to progress skateboarding? So if I told you in like 10 years, what would you want skateboarding to be? Um, I don't know. You know, I love, I just love the idea that there's limitless possibilities of what you can do on it. So I've always taken the approach of just finding, I find inspiration from the Moto and BMX guys on some of the stuff that I do. I like doing the flips and spins and stuff like that. So it's been really cool. And I would just like to see, you know, what's more possible in that realm of going more straight up and down. Whereas the mega ramp, it's like 80 feet in distance. You can only do so much. The ramps are very flat and mellow, but I like the steep stuff to try and see, all right, can we get more flips and spins happening? So that's been... So like a big air competition, but more so in like just one big jump that sends you yeah really be, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like just a massive step up and see what could be, be done on that. So, yeah. And then at the end of the day too, like, I mean, I love skateboarding, so I'll still every now and then go out and skate, you know, a handrail or something and skate some stairs. It's fun. That's the cool thing too is you can literally skate anything and have a good time. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I okay. love that. One thing that you mentioned with Travis and it's kind of led you in your own career is a failure and then you're like, all right, how am I going to fix it? Yeah. So most recently yep. you had an injury. Yeah. It was, this is the torn ACL. Torn ACL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Literally uh, came off. I had a, started a great year. Simple sessions of contest in Estonia. I won for the third year in a row best trick and then set the high air record at Bondi Bolarama down in Australia. Um, and then was getting ready for the next Nitro tour. And literally the day before the show, the ramps weren't done. So we went to the skate park and I did the same thing. There's two box jumps in a row and I went to jump them and I'd bailed that day before, ran out of it, and then this one time I just went to run, left leg was sweet, right leg just buckled. Mm. And, yeah, I mean, at first, the crazy thing, too, was I didn't even think anything was really wrong. Like, my knee just wasn't bending all the way. It wasn't functioning. I would, it would kind of buckle when I put weight on it. I'm like, what the heck is that? It didn't really hurt, which was weird. So I was like, yeah. okay, let's work through this. Um, went to the hotel, iced, you know, and was like, all right, let's see what can happen. And, like, they're all asking, are you going to be able to skate? And I'm like, I don't really know. I'd like to. Like, obviously, like, I want to send it. And then, like, talking, they're like, well, we don't want to buckle on you when you go down, but I don't think it's too bad. Maybe you sit this show out, and then next week we'll have you back. And so I took the week, and they're like, just try and get your mobility back in it. So I went to the physios twice that week and then was <laughs> probably stupid, but I was road biking around. You know, I was trying to do what leg exercises I could. I went for a jog on the beach. I was, like, trying to, like, put my heel in the sand and drag it back just to get that mobility there and uh that's probably where we got the mri and i did a great job on it so i had a blown acl uh meniscus um was a root tear so off the bone the meniscus was ripped out of the bone Hmm. and then the mcl was blown out and there was just yeah it was not a good good thing so i had to ship back to the states on a plane and yeah it's been it's been quite the road of adversity um but surgery went great everything's locked in there solid um, but I'm at that three-month point, so I'm here at X Games, and I'm here as an alternate. I haven't really skated at all. Um, obviously, I've still got a, quite a ways to go on it, So, but I'm here just because the opportunity. I don't want to miss out on that um, as the alternate, so it's not worth me going and pushing it right now. But I did test the ramp out yesterday, just the landing in the quarter pipe, and from not skating for four months since the initial injury, three, three months post-op, but four since being off my board, I landed my first air on it probably like, five feet out which for me mentally that was a huge one because yeah. I haven't been on my board and I'm like man am I going to be able to come back but the fact that the first try I did worked out I'm just like mentally like that's a load off you know mm-hmm. it's like yeah. okay 
my body remembers how to do this. I can make it work. Like, I didn't even have to bail my first one, and it was a 28-foot ramp. I've never been so scared of just going down the landing side of it, you know? <laughs> and so I'm like, and then I just kept doing a lot of those and was talking with the docs and stuff, and they were telling me, like, the risk of it, and then I was like, all right, well, I don't have an official spot in the contest, so it's probably best to not go. If they say game on, then obviously I would try and do the whole gap and do everything because that's what we're here for. You know, there's not that many events. There's no events really for mega ramps, so mm-hmm. I want to be here and make it happen. So, yeah, but it's been quite the journey, learning and growing in so many different ways through it. And the cool part has been just really documenting the journey as well. Like, I feel like a lot of athletes try and go into hiding of it, but I feel like the best thing I can do is shine the light on it and be like, look, this is what we're going through. It's a struggle, but we're working through it and making it happen. So I've been trying to be diligent about posting that recovery updates and stuff like that. And just seeing the fruit of that through like messages from people like, man, you going through this is really inspiring me and helping me keep the faith in certain areas of my life. Like you're so psyched even when going through this. It's been really cool. And one part of that recovery process that we did our research and realized we thought was super inspirational and you're probably receiving feedback with it is the painkiller free uh, treatment process. Yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about how and why you uh, went about it like this? Yeah, I mean, um, I've looked up to guys like Laird Hamilton, who's all about, like, he didn't even, like, get the anesthesia for his hip replacement and stuff like that. I'm like, man, that's awesome. Like, what the heck? And, like, then as I was doing research on it and stuff, too, like, just the opioid crisis is kind of crazy right now. People just getting addicted to these things because doctors are telling them they need it. But ultimately, also, the biggest thing was our body is the most natural healer as well. And oxygen and blood are huge into that as well. But if there's no pain in the knee, the body doesn't know it needs to go send those cells to attack what's wrong there. So by having more pain in that area, which the first week was brutal, I'm not going to lie, but my body knew it needed to go there and heal that area. Had I done the pain block and taken the painkillers, it would make the recovery process that much longer just because the blood wouldn't get there in time, or nor would it. And so that's been the biggest thing. And that was kind of my mindset into it and also to help people that are kind of going through it that feel like oh no matter what like I feel like I don't know this might sound harsh but I feel like here in America we've gotten very numb to a lot of stuff and we don't want to feel any pain at all like Mm -hmm. even like you know stubbing a toe like we're like oh my gosh I need an Advil for that like I mean we've just gotten so used to that where there's people that are going through way more you know like broken bones in certain countries but still able to you know carry on because that's what they got to get done and so for me I was like all right, well, I got to get back as soon as possible. Let's deal with this and make it work and just see what we can go through. Very cool. Yeah. That's an awesome thing that you're doing. And I know, have you received feedback? Like, hey, It's been really cool, yeah, and getting to also work with other organizations and stuff to kind of shine some light on that and just take other approaches to it as well. Awesome. I think it comes, or it means a ton, coming from someone who risks their life or life every day, you know, (laughs) like someone who's who can easily fall over and break their arm and, you know, yeah. have to go through that actual pain. So yeah. that's sick that you're doing that. It's yeah. inspiring for sure. How have you been able to stay positive? Like, so you're in, like you said, it, it sucked that first couple yeah. of weeks. How are you able to be like, all right, dude, like, how did you cope with the pain? What did yeah. you do, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, that's, um. I mean, I guess done a lot of breathing techniques as well, and that's helped with it too. Um, studied a lot of that stuff, like the Wim Hof, um, stuff like that. Yep, and, I, I read yeah. his book, The Iceman. Oh, I haven't read his book, but just doing like, I mean, he has the apps, so I've been doing those breathing techniques and that, it's crazy how much that helps with pain and stuff as mm-hmm. well. And just trying to get your mind off it as much as you can doing other stuff. And then also nutrition and stuff is really good with that as well. So it's, uh, just trying to trick your mind as well as just know like, okay, and know it's going to get better. 
Like, that's the biggest thing, too. Like, no, you're, all right, you're dealing with this, but it is going to get better, and just believing that enough to letting the current pain not outweigh the joy that's going to be when you're back riding your board. And so just stay focused on that, and then just have great teams around me. I've worked with a lot of different great doctors. Um, Dr. Sean Drake, i got to give a shout-out to him because he basically took me in, and I was living with him for, like, the first month after the injury, wow. and he was just looking after me left and right, and so that was awesome. He, we had uh, this machine called the Mark Pro, which is like a muscle stimulation because anytime they do surgery, there's your whole muscle system gets shut down because they're cutting right into the tissue so we had that right on my quad and um my calf and hamstring just trying to get the muscle back as soon as possible so we literally had two he had a unit and i had a unit we had two units pumping on there he had a cold laser we were literally doing everything we could to just get that thing firing again and also get the inflammation and the pain out of it too so that helped tremendously with the pain to cope with all that um and then just on the nutrition side as well, I was doing like the ketosis diet for a bit during that just to nice. also rid the inflammation. And so it's been good. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I think Josh was mentioning something along those lines of the recovery process and what you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but transitioning towards kind of like the back end of our show and questions that we asked every single one of our guests. Yeah. Um, this question is... Wait, are we going to ask him about the Olympics? Um, I was going to... Yeah, Olympics. sure. All right. Skating's coming to the Olympics, right? Skateboarding is in yes. the Olympics it's 2020? Yep. You gonna send it? I mean, I wouldn't forgive myself if I didn't try. So yeah, absolutely, we're gonna make it happen. Um, I know they're doing park and street. I haven't been on my street game as much, so I will be going for park. Uh, nice. Trying to see what that looks like. So right now, on the men recovering, and the next year, I think they'll be doing some qualifying events. So figuring out so, what that looks like. That's oh. awesome. Perfect. Well, all right. All back right. To what I was back saying. to what we were saying. Yeah. Um, Addressing that. Yep. So this question is. What is in your back pocket? Mm-hmm. And we frame it in a way that when anxiety rises and stress become or pressure becomes stress, this is what your method is to overcome these type of things. Um, I would have to say definitely in my back pocket, it's just always relying on faith and trusting God, you know, like just truly believing and getting into prayer. So I really hadn't experienced anxiety or panic attacks, but there was a few times during this injury I did for sure. And, uh, just had to go straight into prayer and get into that and getting into the word and just trusting in faith. You know, faith is the certainty of things hoped for and like the, like what is unseen, you know, just being certain of what is unseen. And so it's like, it's unseen right now that I'll be back and going after it, but I just have to have the faith that that's what will be, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's like, even if you can't, you have to see it in your mind and believe it in your mind before you'll see it with anything, you know, whoever created this phone right here, they had to see it in their mind. Steve Jobs saw it in his mind and then it was created in real life. So just having that faith and knowing that it's going to work out and that all things work to the good of those who love him. That's been a verse I've held on to and just knowing that trying to honor and love him through all that I do and that it'll all work out at the end of the day. And I think, I think, you know, the biggest thing I realized a few weeks after I was like kind of getting in a dark place of like, man, why'd this happen to me? I was like, I get to go through this, you know, like this is an opportunity I get to go through. Like, of course I would tear my ACL because I get to overcome this and not let it hold me back. You know, I have the opportunity to have that story of like, yeah, this wasn't a career ender for me. I was able to figure out a way to make it, you know, a setback for a setup. And that's what I'm just trying to stay true to and believe in more than anything. And I'm seeing the fruit of that right now. I haven't been on my board and first time on a mega ramp feeling comfortable as I can, mm-hmm. even with a torn ACL. Like that's, well, healed ACL now. And that's been the funny thing too, is like anytime anyone asks, oh, how's your, how's the leg? How's the, oh, is that your bad leg? I'm like, no, it's my good leg. It's my healing leg. 
You know, like that's a oh, that's a fun thing too. Just being yep. conscious of my words I'm speaking. That's been the hard, the hardest part for me. And I've actually I haven't done a video on it, but I want to. It's like the Here's first thing. Here we go. Yeah, this is a, this is where I'm actually addressing it. The first thing anyone says, they're like, "Oh, what happened? Oh, I tore my ACL. That sucks." The first words out of everyone's mouth, and I'm like, "Ah, like don't say that. Like, yeah, it's not optimal, maybe, but." Mm-hmm. I don't want that to be my reality, that it sucks. I want the reality to be it's an opportunity to get to grow and learn in different ways and explore other ways and overcome this, not be in a place where, yeah, it sucks. Oh, man, I'm going to be bummed out now. You know, like, I don't want to live that life. That's not who I want to be. Like, I'd rather be happy than sad. So I'm going to choose to be psyched out of it and figure out an opportunity somewhere in there. That's awesome. Having that in your back pocket is phenomenal. I know our marketing interns can definitely take something away. (laughs) But we ask that question because every person does it differently. Right. And hearing how you do it will definitely, like we said, we want to influence our our audience. And that was a hell of an answer. Definitely hope that helps people out. Like, Mm -hmm. don't let your situation control, you know, allow you to make the conscious decision and be like, yeah, even if this isn't exactly what you wanted, that you figure out a way to overcome it and make it rad. It's possible. I love that it's like you're a victim to the Yeah, you get that ACL, victim mentality. But, but you're a, you can leverage that, man. Like be a victor what, over it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Crushing it, dude. So transition to the next segment. Game alert. Game. Game, game alert. Yep. All right. So we play a game with every single guest. It's different each oh, cool. time. This time, the game is just a speed round. All right. So we're going to hit you with quick hitter questions, and okay. then just, you can hit, give us the quick hit, uh, answer to them. First question. One word answer? Or How, uh, however the, you want to take okay. it, you take it. Yeah, some of the questions will designed or maybe require a little more length. But okay. First question is, favorite skater growing up? Uh, Bucky Lassick. Nice. Yeah. I love playing with him in pro skating. Yep, right? <laughs> yep. He's still skating. That's yep. the crazy part. Really? Yeah, the skater I met, yeah, he's here. He's going to be competing in vert tonight, so, yeah. Because he's older than Tony Hawk? No, younger, but mid-40s. Okay. And so. he won uh, the only other vert contest this year. <laughs> Very cool. Right? Like, it's insane. Like, the longevity of the sport. Tony just put a video out, 50 Tricks at 50. We don't know the limit on this you know yeah that's the cool thing <laughs> oh yeah you know what's yeah, crazy too awesome. is like bucky lassick how old did you say he was mid 40s mid 40s yeah how old do you think travis Pastrana is i know he's in his 40s nope he's like 34 35 yeah wow right he's been around forever well he's like i mean x games i think was, was like 15 or 16 when he started so. that'll do it yeah. yeah 19 20 years already in the game mm-hmm. so it's funny people think that but he's yeah he's young yeah he was in his Good 20s when he threw that double backflip dude <laughs> And now he's Early, I think he was 23. Yeah. 20. Now he's throwing doubles with a 360. Yeah. With double flats. <laughs> Action figures, too. Gotta watch it. Yeah. It. There's the plug. Mm-hmm. Check it out. <laughs> All right. Next question What is it like playing in the NFL? What is it like playing in the NFL? The Naked Fighting League. Oh, wow. You guys found did some research for real. It was an interesting <laughs> time. Yeah, we're, we're told not to speak of such things, but it was just a funny joke, like, on tour. Yeah. It was, yeah. I was watching some video. Yeah. And it was, like, the most awkward video that yeah. I've ever seen of you just getting hammered with brutal questions from uh-huh. this dude. And he brought that one up. I was like, I want to see what he's doing. <laughs> I, I wonder if the truth comes out on our yeah. podcast. Yeah. Good that answer. Hilarious. Uh, Good next answer. question. When you were when you just started skating, so I don't know, ten roughly, uh, ten or eleven, yeah, 11? somewhere in there, yeah. What was your apparel of choice, clothing brand wise? Clothing brand wise, uh, Billabong, because okay. I love Bucky. Like Bucky was my favorite, and he was the first pro I met. And so, like when I met him, he was wearing the Billabong. He was riding for Billabong, so I, yeah. I was a Quicksilver. I never was okay, like skater, but I the apparel yeah. that I did right. was like, Quicksilver. Yeah, I was uh, I was Volcom. 
I spend way too much time at Zoomies, I feel like. <laughs> that was a brutal time. I no, feel like just doing all these brand shout outs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My brother <laughs> actually has dude, a Vulcan I had, Dude, I rolled <laughs> no like, way. I swear, yeah. <laughs> I did like, a Vulcan stone on his back. No way. Yeah. Love the brand. Yeah. Dedicated. <laughs> Dedicated. That or just a long trip on the mountain. Yeah. yeah. So we got like, I was always, I just go back to my middle school days of when I was just like a poser skater kid. I mean, oh, I did yeah. skate. I, I, you know, I 50 50 one time. Oh, there you go. Which was just sick. But, well, like, that's um, the thing, dude. It's funny, uh, not to go on a tangent, but there was this kid that asked me a question because I ride for Yokohama Tire. He's like, I don't get it. You, you're a skate. You're not a skater, but you can skate. And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm not a skater. He's like, you ride for a tire company. That's not a skateboarder. And I'm like, at the end of the day, if you like, dude, he went hard into it. And I like, I reply to every message, so I was just trying to be nice about it. But I'm like, he's like, yeah, guys like you make me not want to skate. And I'm like, the fact that I ride for someone that wants to put money into action sports shouldn't stop you from going out in the street and riding your skateboard. Yeah. You know, if you ride a skateboard, that makes you a skateboarder, whether you can, you know, kickflip or not. Like. Mm-hmm. I never learned how to yeah. kickflip, dude. Yeah, I but could you never 50. get off the ground. Yeah, that was just 50. a quick little fun, funny thing. Oh, that's a great point. But, I like yeah. that. Uh, next question. Favorite trick of yours? Uh, favorite trick of mine. Like consistent trick or just that I've done? Um, let's do consistent trick. Consistent trick? Uh, 540s are really fun. Okay. They're fun, but backflips as well. Yeah. What about the one you do where you literally stick the board? The tomahawk. Okay, that's probably it. Yeah. Tomahawk, take the board up straight over my head. Super dude, Superman, tomahawk. There's so many axe murderer. They have like 50 names yeah, for it. <laughs> Every time I do it in a contest, it's always something different. Yeah. But the announcer yeah. just going nuts. Oh, yeah. The Superman, he pulls yeah. it out. Yeah. <laughs> have you pulled the, is there a trick called the beaver? The be- There's the beaver twist. Uh, okay. that, there's one of those, yeah. Is it named after you? Yeah. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, that's awesome. that was the <laughs> first one I invented. I was like maybe fourteen, and uh, Neil Hendricks, a pro skater, was like, "I'm calling that the Beaver Twist," and stuck ever since. That's I so still cool. Re- do it, yeah. I, cool. What I like about action sports is there are these like figures that just like christen the sport. So like yeah. Neil Hendricks, Tony Hawk, like, yeah. all these guys that they see something, they can decide right then and there that's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, um, initial reaction to Minneapolis. This is your first time here? No, no, I can't. Here. I've been here a couple times. Okay, yeah. Um, so from the first time I came here? Sure. Uh, freezing. We came in the winter. It okay. was really cold, and it was awesome, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it. It's a cool city. Is this the third time that it's been X Games, or is this the second? second? This is the second year X Games, but I came here for a Nitro tour, and it was in the okay. winter. Um, but it was awesome. I'm always doing Mighty Ducks jokes here, though. Minneapolis, <laughs> or Minnesota Miracle Man, you know, so... Yep. We would always do that that stuff. That's awesome. So yeah. it was the Metrodome, I'm assuming, that you were in? Target Center. Target Center. Yeah. Okay. And that then this is just a big time upgrade. U.S. Bank. Yeah. Unreal. What a stadium. That stadium yeah, like is a snow insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, on it's, a, it's technically supposed to be like a ship. It's cool because that's how X Games is supposed to be, though. All the events in one location. I know when it was in Austin, they were kind of spread out. But, you know, it's cool to see everything in there. They got the Mega Ramp, the BMX Park, the Skate Park, Skate Street Course, Moto Course, like all of it right there. You get one ticket, you get everything. It's cool. Right on. Okay. Uh, one more. I have another speed round. for so our last one. Pitch skateboarding to someone who, you know, doesn't know enough about it. If they want, if you're trying to get someone to be a skate pro skater, what would you say to them? If I was trying to get someone to be a pro skater, or just skateboard, hop skateboard? on a skateboard. What's uh, the a hobby? What's the best thing about skateboarding? I would be like, here's this little wooden toy with four wheels. Go have a blast and do whatever you want with it. Love it. Because yeah. it's a toy. Yeah. At, at, at the, the end of the day, day it's a yeah, toy. It is. You know, little kids' bikes. They always make that joke to BMX guys. Yeah. We just ride little kids' bikes. And I'm like, that's so rad. <laughs> well, this was another little tangent. But the um, 
The fingerboard. Fingerboard. Yeah, even smaller toy. Were you a tech tech guy? Oh, absolutely. My brother hated them. So I'd just be sitting in the car snapping them all over. Yeah, yeah, they would not like it. I was super rad at tech techs. That's fantastic. Um, Okay, last two questions. First one being, do you have any questions for us? We love flipping the interview on its head because you came on our show. Okay. So we're curious if you have any questions for us. All right, let's see. What what is the entire vision of the back po- back pocket podcast? You want to take this one? Man, it's a great vision. Is key mm-hmm. as we touch. You know, on. we so Andrew and I are in the midst of starting our own company, mm-hmm. Back Pocket Media LLC. We and how we started this podcast from the beginning was like we are passionate about talking into a mic and getting our content out there. Yeah. We had no idea what that content was, <laughs> how we were going to do it, the format of any of it, you know, all these different questions. But yeah. we just showed up every single week and did it. That's awesome. And it was the great. Commitment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. A year and a half later, we're here. We have a, we have great content, allegedly. We have a message. We have a why. We know where we want to take That's it. That's it. That, now, now we're taking that, leveraging it into a company. Yeah. Do we know what that's going to totally end up being in five years? No clue. Which is cool. Absolutely no clue. But I'm passionate about the message that we started with. I'm passionate. We're passionate about the message that we're at now. Yeah. And we're excited to take it and show up every single day and find what that next step is. That's amazing. That's the key. That's the key, the day-to-day, you know. People look at the long term, but, you know, it's your day-to-day, what you're doing day in and day out that'll get you there. Yeah. And day in and day out, like, people don't realize how many things you're doing that are just routine and you could title them average. That's yeah. kind of how we like to attack it. Like, what is your average quality? That's how we start it. And the importance of the average quality is just recognizing something that, you know, everyone is really just, like you said, um, you're average at this and you're making your bed. Whether you're going to do it every single day or you fail at doing it, you recognize it and you're trying to grow. Yeah. We look at average quality as kind of like a failure aspect. Like, yeah. what did you fail at? I kind of want to grow. Um, and that kind of ignites like a little relatable environment because you're in nitro circus. Like, how can I even connect to this person? Someone doing this, something this successful, but you've just mentioned like making your bed. That's something that you think about every single day. That's something every person thinks about. Yeah. Um, so just trying to communicate a message that's relatable. And again, how we've just been harping on the point. We want to influence people, whether they can figure out a golden nugget in this, uh, from something that you said, something that we said, um, or something that. Uh, they hear from somewhere else, and they want to come on the show and be an influencer. Absolutely. So yeah. we're trying to figure out our niche market. Awesome. But again, it's, it's just being passionate about figuring That's it, it out. That's it, man. Yeah, mm-hmm. and just getting out there and getting after it. You know, like you said, like, okay, we could plan this whole thing, or we could just start. Mm-hmm. And you guys just started, and that's admirable, you know? You've, when you know the pro- product's perfect, you've started too late. So yep. that's cool. So then the final question. Yeah. Simple question, yet sometimes people <laughs> take it a little too uh, too intensely. If you want to, you can. Okay. What did you learn today from the time that you woke up to right now when we're recording this show? What did I learn today? Yes. Did you make your bed today? I did. Okay. So you That's woke up. Win. Not great, but I did make You did. It. You, you made it. I'm on an air mattress at a buddy's house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so there's only so much you can do there. That's a hey, The fact that you made an air bed, like you made your bed and it was an air mattress, congrats. Yeah. That's big time. Uh, all right. I feel, I feel great now. <laughs> so um, you woke up, you made your bed, you're here. Uh, I learned to just... 
really just be at peace with being here and in the moment. You know, it's hard for me being the competitive mindset of wanting to go full throttle and full send mode on the Mega, even though I know my body's not where it needs to be. So to recognize and just be at peace with just being here and being supportive to the other skaters and adding value that way, I think that's what I've learned uh, from this trip and a lot today of just growing in that and not harping up on the woulda, shoulda, couldas of like what's happened, but just being okay with the process and biting the bullet of all right let's make this recovery be committed to this recovery fully rather than try and get a little antsy and be out longer and so submitting to that and just recognizing how incredible of an opportunity it is to still be able to be invited even when I'm not 100% and just be able to have value to the guys everyone's stoked that I'm out here still you know and I'm able to continue to help the other guys and help support the other skaters which is cool as well you know it's normally it's like football players or other athletes will just kind of take it the other way and just all right I'm not going to even show up to the games or something you know I'm hurt so I'm just going to go bury myself for now and I'll come back when I'm a champion it's like Mm -hmm. you know I'd rather be there and be supportive and just help show I'm passionate still about skateboarding not just my skateboarding but skateboarding Awesome. Thank you, Beaver. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule at the X Games so to sit down to be with us. here. Yeah. Are you guys going to come out tonight? We are. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah come we're on. there, dude. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you, Beaver. Hell of a story. Hell of a name. Hell of a guest. I When I wrote down, like, what? how did you get the name Beaver? I just, I mean, I had no intentions going in there. I didn't know that was his story behind it. I also had no idea how he got into Nitro Circus and just... That's hilarious. That good for him, man. He's got an unbelievable life. He's six years in Nitro Circus. Twenty four years old and recovering from an, a nasty injury. Gnarly, gnarly. I loved his lingo too. Said rat a lot. Mm-hmm. Just totally genuine about it. So stoked. How about when he is asked what happens and in, in, to what happened to him with the injury and he's like, ah, I tore my ACL. And what is there? What does most people say to him back? That sucks. And he's like, what? Why? And yeah. I'm like, when I was sitting there, I was like, yeah, that sucks. <laughs> you I don't know that's exactly, exactly what I was thinking. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what I don't know if I said it, but I was thinking that. Sure. And then he hammered home how he thinks that is wrong way to go about it. He is so just get after it mentality, locked in, leveraging positivity to the fullest. Yeah, and I like how he understood and I don't know if he said this specifically, but how he understands the longevity of a sport and being an athlete. Mm-hmm. Like he would have he was so passionate about skateboarding that he would never let drinking or drugs get in the way because he felt like he would lose an opportunity to do something with regarding to it with regard the to opioid his crisis the opioid stuff like he, i don't know if you mentioned it but he like he doesn't drink he doesn't smoke never has because ever since he got really good at skateboarding and knew that this was going to be his passion and when his parents reinforced it and sent him to school in uh, his senior year of high school like he knew he knew that that was going to be the the key so Really cool to see his commitment and understand that even though he tore his ACL, like the longevity of his career will last as long as he wants. Looking looking forward to seeing your return, Beaver. Twenty twenty Olympics. Twenty twenty Olympics, you heard it here on the back pocket. He's competing in it, or he's gonna go for the gold at least. Alright, let's kick it to the back end. Thank you so much, marketing interns, for making it this far. You we know, appreciate you. We appreciate you. You guys are a tier above the rest. You've made it this length. It's just I'm just so grateful. I'm I'm trying to utilize a little more voice inflection. Mm, yeah, in that's my, a good idea. Yeah, so I like that's Can I say like, phenomenal already, like once or twice. Uh, probably. Okay. What's another word for phenomenal? Fantastic. You say that too. Fantastic. Though. Yeah. That's another F F P H word. Yeah. 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 We'll think about it off air. Yeah. Okay. Let's kick it to the back end. Yeah. What did we learn? 
Well, we learned we need to improve on word choices. That's mm-hmm. definitely what we need. We what we learned. But more specifically, Declan, what did you learn from uh, the time that you woke up to right now? So I learned that Baja, California. One would think that would be a place in California. In the United States. In the United States. In the U.S. of A. It turns out Baja, California is a Mexican state. Really? Mm-hmm. Found that out today. So So it's a city in Mexico? It's a state. So they have state like regions essentially. Okay. And Baja California is right is just south of the border in California. It's just called Baja California. I have no idea what they do there. It seems pretty legit. Might want to go at some point, but just need to get that out there. So hey, I'm more interns are more informed now. Yep. What did I learn? I learned that the middle child, my current place in my family, mm, is nice. going extinct. Oh, what do you mean? So here's some facts for you. Okay. In 1970, 60% of females wanted three children or more. Right now, 2018, 30% of females want three child, three children or more. Now, why do you think that is? Um, that's a great question. I would say we're, over, we're in an overpopulated world. I don't know if that's playing into the factor. Probably not at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, cost of living has definitely risen. Cost of living, so, cost of children. I would even say, you know, people are having kids anywhere from 25 to 35, you know, probably in that range roughly. I make a lot of generalizations on this podcast, some good, some bad, be the judge of what that one was. I'm thinking that there's a lot of issues with college. And as a parent, you want to support your kid and be able to get them to college and pay for their college. If you have four kids or more, how are you supposed to pay for all those all those people you know but mm-hmm. not everyone's a millionaire so how do you figure that out i mean i'm going through right now with my family i got four younger siblings there's five of you there's that five of us right mm-hmm. i mean that's not easy paying for college like i had to take out a ton of loans whatever what have you i mean that's the one way you gotta that's go reality. that's the reality so i wonder if thinking about that or the weight of college tuition weighs on that decision i, I my, my point is i think it might be economical is where it's just so expensive to have more than three mm-hmm. kids. That makes sense. Where back then, it was more focused on, like, family. Where, like, the Catholic family, you wanted to have as many kids as possible. Like, the the term, like, big Catholic family was, like, very commonly used. Mm-hmm. A lot of people had just these big Catholic families. And I don't know if that's... I'm sure it's still around, but it's not as prevalent, obviously, with that, that stat. That's the stat. Middle, tra- middle children, you're going extinct, so appreciate where you are in life. Yeah, if you're in the, what would that be, on deck? So you got in the, in the hole, on deck, and at bat. So who's the second one? In the hole? On deck. On deck. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's right. On deck children. Yeah, on deck children. What's up? Well, you know what the, uh, the middle children have? They have a support system, and that mm-hmm. kicks me perfectly to the feel-good story. Of the week. A feel-good story, nonetheless. A feel-good story where positivity is expressed to our marketing interns because we want to leave these guys and women on a positive note. Mm, Absolutely. When we say sports system, like you said, parents, friends, family, and, of course, the marketing interns. Everyone's always there for us. We call it a back pocket family for a reason. Everyone's just imagine just a back pocket, and we're all in it together. I mean, look at Beaver. Yeah. He he would never have gotten where he wanted to go if he didn't have the support system of his parents. Exactly. And even his parents were feeling a lot of flack. I mean, he's from Tennessee. Like, not a lot of skate, he set pro up, skaters. Yeah, not a lot of pro skaters. In the South, it's kind of 
looked down upon to be an action sport athlete. So he, he utilized who was in his corner, his yeah. parents. And they fought for him, and they reinforced his passion. And you know what? We wouldn't be anywhere without you know our support system. So like my mom and dad, shout out to my mom and dad. I know my dad's listening for sure. I know my dad is too, and my mom, and my brothers, and, like, and my support system. And like Jackie Doomer, we have to say her always mm-hmm. because she listens to every single episode. Not that your parents don't, but Jackie Doomer has every single episode, every single week. Day got one. Him. Day one. So you, you got to give those guys um, some appreciation every once in a while. That's definitely our feel-good story, just the positivity, the support system, and the reinforcement of our passion. And we're going the extra mile now. We're giving you a marketing intern spotlight. So if you guys want to come on our show, email us, thebackpocketpodcast at gmail.com, or DM us. Declan, what else should they do? They should send Raven, mm-hmm. um, maybe even a messenger to just run to our house, um, like shout out Nike back in the day. If you don't know the story, know it. Any kind of communication, any way you can get to us, get to us. We want you us. on the show. We want you on the show. It like We genuinely want to talk to people and connect. Even if you don't know us, don't feel weird. We'll, we love talking to you. It's not hard for us because to start Because we love you guys. Guy. Yeah. We don't get paid to do a podcast, but we definitely know how to start a conversation and not make things awkward. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what, my, what I'm going to say here. So live free and prosper. Rely on the ones who support you. Follow your passion. Let's get after it this week. Have a good Sunday night. Enjoy your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way throughout the week. Take care. Take care.